OG Baca, um, the Golden One, Young Casper, Chief Spook, Old Man Baca, uh, the Hair Naughty Guy Body. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited today because uh, I'm on location in Georgetown for uh, the special guest that we have today. Um, because I told you that season three was gonna be different. I told y'all that like we was gonna be like out here, we was gonna attack the game, and now like I'm proving it, it's showing proof time, right? So um, I'm feeling good, feeling great to be with the team um, from Event Nation um, to talk about you know owning a business, starting a business, being a business for the right reasons, uh, changing the world, um, and how people come together and work together. Um, so. I'm, I'm not going to take away from anything uh, that they want to express. So, fellas, in, introduce yourselves. Who's in the room today? All right, man. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, my name is Moss Bilkasam. I'm co-founder um, of Event Nation. Um, and, you know, I'm just, uh, we'll be working on this now for a couple years. And uh, we have an awesome team with us here. Uh, and I'll let, uh, you know, give you a little bit of background in terms of what Event Nation is. We're an online ticketing platform. Um, you know, we're an events management platform as well. We work with live music venues. We work with festivals and associations all over the country. Uh, we're based here in D.C. and we're rooted here in D.C. Um, and, you know, we, we give the opportunity for all of our clients um, to maximize their event uh, management uh, solutions. So with that, I'll let you guys uh, introduce Sammy Nassadri here with us as well. My name is Sammy. Uh, I'm the president here at uh, Event Nation. Um, like Ma said, we've been rocking and rolling now for about three years. Um, we are an event management platform. Um, we work with event organizers and, and venues all over the country. And uh, yeah, 2018 is also a big year for us, so we're really excited about it. Yeah, uh, my name is Asad Ali, and I'm the senior vice president with uh, Event Nation. And uh, happy to be here on the uh, podcast uh, with Baca. <laughs> <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is the Spook Spider Podcast. And see, you know, a little bit about myself. You know, I try to keep the personal shit kind of off the pot. But you guys actually come from the, the place where they call me Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> the place, I mean, the place. Yeah, I mean, I had, to, I had to tell them, you know, guys, um, I don't go by that on my podcast. <laughs> but check, you know, um, I worked with these fellas for a long time um, and was really inspired by, you know, the business that they do in the city. Not just the business though, but the people that they are, the reasons that they do what they do. And I thought that, you know, it was time. You know, you guys have your new office, you guys are, you know, got some good business last year, you guys are looking towards the future and have some really cool things going on. Same here at the Scoops by the Door, we have some really cool things going on, we're producing some really cool content for you all. So I thought it was, the time was right to come together and talk about, you know, what, what this is, what is building business, what is, you know, the lessons that you learn and things like that. So, um, you know, before we get started, get into the nitty gritty, you know, um, got fellas, you know, give me your personal backgrounds. Where are you from? Where is your schooling? Yeah, absolutely. How'd you, how'd you get here? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so first and foremost, I, I've known these guys they are in the room now since grade school. Uh, we're from, I'm from Springfield, Virginia, as long as well as these guys are. Um, so Northern Virginia area. Okay. Uh, we spent a lot of time in D.C. as well. Um, but, you know, we grew up, you know, in the same circles and uh, I started off kind of getting into the event space at an early age, uh, around like 17, 18 years old. I was working as a promoter uh, here in DC at a, a bunch of different venues down in the Northeast, um, you know, and, and, kind of, and kind of grew a relationship um, with a lot of the people that are still in the game today in the event space, um, along with my older brother is also our CTO. And um, so, you know- It's a family and, affair. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, when I when I left for college and went down to Virginia Tech, uh, Mizi uh, stuck around and he kept doing his thing. And he's a he's an awesome creative uh, web developer. And he ended up working for um, a lot of the venues here in D.C. Uh, for a nightclub, a Visa nightclub. Went back in 2008 in that time frame. Um, and when I came back out, you know, I, I kind of uh, you know naturally gravitated to working with him and uh, working with family, and seeing what he was up to. And more of the same, but kind of growing that, um, you know, you know, his catalog of, uh, of sites and, and his relationships here in the city. Yeah. Um, and we saw, you know, opportunities to kind of, um, you know, attack, attack the market in terms of uh, how events are ran and, and kind of what the management process is and what it looks like because it was kind of all over the place. And 
we figured there was a, there was a really cool solution for us to do it. Um, and we, you know, armed with the relationships that we had for the last 10 years, we figured that, hey, we should start a business that does that. And, yeah. um, you know, and we know how to do it the right way. So that's kind of how we got involved with it. And uh, in the last three years, we kind of just hit the ground running and became a little bit more polished in, in the tech side of things and how we're, you know, going after, uh, you know, you know, the goals that we want in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I came from. Um, that's my background in, in events and in event management. Um, I, you know, prior to working here uh, or starting the business, uh, I did a little bit of wealth management, um, you know, and doing a lot of uh, work with a DC transportation company yeah. prior to prior to launching. I learned a lot from just growing, uh, seeing a small business and how that looks and what that entails. Um, and then I was lucky enough to land a couple of really large clients um, and see, you know, um, what those board meetings and what those, uh, you know, executive offices look mm -hmm. like and, you know, kind of the, the corporate look at things um, and saw that from, uh, from my first perspective and kind of t taken that into the direction of how we're building the business yeah. here. Um, so, and I, you know, I was obviously lucky enough to know these guys here for a long time um, and there was an opportunity to bring them on board and, um, and they were just as excited to get involved with, you know, what we were doing. And, uh, you know, without them, I honestly don't think, you know, we would be where we are today because of just the, the relationship that we have and the chemistry that we have together as a team. Um, we're a small team, but, you know, we get a lot, we get a lot accomplished because of the relationship that we have. So, you know, that's kind of a little bit where I'm from and how we got to this place. So, no, you two, I know you guys kind of go way back. You guys started your own thing too, in, in a way, so. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, no, absolutely. I think Moss, uh, you know, he pretty much uh, hit on the head, man. We've all known each other for a pretty, really long time. I met both these guys in middle school. Um, aside, uh, me and him had ran a previous business together, another startup uh, previous to this. And um, prior to that, um, I was part of a startup right out of college when I came out. My trajectory, I was kind of wanted to go more on the corporate side. I wanted to become a corporate uh, attorney and a corporate lawyer kind of doing um, kind of the business stuff. Uh, for, you know, kind of on the legal side. So I got an internship. I was lucky enough to get an internship with a cybersecurity company that was based out of Fairfax, Virginia. Um, that company was called Invencia. Um, learned a lot, you know, was, uh, came in early on and uh, really, they gave me a really good opportunity. I was part of their uh, marketing and business development department. Um, so I just learned a lot and that kind of shifted me to the whole startup world and the entrepreneurship. Um, and then that kind of took a life of its own. I got hit by the entrepreneurship bug and then, you know, kind of fast forward now, I'm, I'm here with these guys and uh, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been one hell of a journey. Dope. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, my family was originally from Pakistan and so uh, I was one of the first uh, kind of children born here and growing up in a big family, uh, uh, you know, you, you kind of learn a lot of those things. So we, you know, as, as the other guys mentioned, we grew up in Springfield. Uh, and then I ended up going to George Mason out of um, out of high school, and I also got a job at Best Buy. So I was I was a retailer at first, and you know learned how to deal with people, uh, sales, uh, you know client services, customer service, uh, those kind of things were uh, ingrained into me, you know from a very you know early on age. And uh, when I finished up with college, and I immediately became a manager at, at Best Buy in Springfield, which uh, which did fifty million dollars a year in revenue, and uh, I worked as a manager there. And then I moved to the Fair Lake store in Fairfax, Virginia. Which also did fifty million dollars in, in both places. We were uh, we were number one in the company with uh, high end TVs and audio, right? Makes sense. And okay. uh, <laughs> you know, it just uh, I thought that my whole life was going to be Best Buy. All right, I wore the blue shirt every day and did that. Uh, and then just talking with Sammy and, and Moss while Moss was doing promotions in DC. He's a good friend of mine, and Sammy you know, is a great friend of mine. Uh, has an internship with a cybersecurity startup. Um, I was recruited then to work for a startup company uh, that did retail software for one of my first managers at Best Buy. So within the six months of quitting and, and going and working for that tech uh, startup, uh, we were selling to Best Buy. We actually got to the point where we agreed to a beta deal. And um, so I was hooked in at that point, right? Yeah. And being able to see somebody go uh, start their own company, uh, follow their passion. And, uh, and five years later now from, from that experience, you know, uh, um, obviously we were a few years into Event Nation, our ticketing side. But, uh, you know, before the age of 30, you're able to learn a lot of what to do, right? Yeah. Doing it that way and then a lot of what not to do. Right, and I think kind of you know the, the the balance of experience with working with your own company versus work, risk, you know working for a corporation, I think is very important too. Right, yeah. I, think, I think you need both uh, to ultimately, you know, find out what you want to do and find out what you don't want to do. You know, I, I actually totally agree with that sentiment. You know, totally. You know, I work in a corporate space as well, as you have met me. Yeah. 
and you know that the 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 way that you see people work and the way that you see things driven in a in a good ran office is actually invaluable when you have like an entrepreneur kind of eyesight on things you know you learn how you want your things to run and when it's run very well you want to definitely mimic that um because i think my friends and other colleagues that come on the podcast or that i work with on the podcast you know they're surprised sometimes how like i'll take off the hat from being like baka and being like chilling you know <laughs> kicking it mm-hmm. and then like it's like right, all right, right. Here's the agenda. Here's the equipment. <laughs> you know, sure. right, check, yeah, check, yeah, check, check. You know, yeah. every, like you know, and then I took, I put on a hat, and I put, some would say I put on the voice. <laughs> right, right. You right. know, but um, I think I think that experience is important, and and definitely, you know, we need to appreciate kind of that we had the privilege to go through that because, as you guys have known, it's it's definitely invaluable yeah. how you guys are doing things. For sure. So, how how did Event Nation like? How did this really come together? Like, what was the spark? Like, you know. Yeah, I, I can give you a little bit of insight on that. Um, when when Mizi was working with uh, a lot of different of these venues, a lot of um, a lot of the things they're asking for, or um, you know, uh, ticket links and things like that. When you build a website out for a nightclub or you build a website out for a bar, um, you know, they're going to ask you for certain things. And one of them was on a constant basis was you know, uh, put this uh, piece of code up for Eventbrite or whatever you know X other ticketing platform that was out. And I remember very vividly Mizi uh, in in our basement actually in Springfield before we started it, um, um, going man I think we can build this piece of code a little better. I'm pretty sure we can we can do the same thing, and we have all the contacts already really uh, for the people that are selling tickets in this area. Uh, well, you know it would be an easy way for us to kind of just uh, leverage our current yeah, relationships and you know. So we kind of uh, took that basis that kind of small idea and, and kind of try to extrapolate it as much as we could. Um, and then try to find ways to maximize that for our clients because yeah. at the end of the day we were getting paid by them so however we could you know maximize the, their, their resources uh, it was advantageous for both parties so um, that's kind of how event nation was was created um, um, and, and, and it really came out of necessity for our clients and yeah. things that they needed um, and, and coming up with a better way to do it all right, so um, tell me more about like some of your more recent work. You know, what what was like your big piece of a uh, what's a favorite project that you guys worked on recently? What have you guys done in DC? Like, what's going on? Yeah, man. Um, I think I think Sammy can go into it. I think Sammy and I worked on Art All Night, which was was like yeah, a really big we project. We had a few for us. big ones this past uh, or for twenty seventeen. Um, it kind of started off obviously DC once the weather breaks and you know the cherry blossoms are you know out like that's when kind of festival yeah, season everything out, starts right. um for us but specifically in this region um so kind of in the summertime we did the 17th street festival we did uh, the taste of dupont uh, around that cherry okay. blossom time in april um and then we also did um art all night which was one of the biggest um, art festivals that. that was yeah that was pretty cool um that was a lot of work we uh you know we worked with the department of uh, small and local business development here in dc um you know we had a turn out of 30,000 uh, plus yeah, for an all night event in DC. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. It was a beautiful event. Um, you know, all the neighborhoods that took part in it. Um, you know, it, it was just a, a collaborative effort with everybody. Um, and you know, from from what we heard, everybody loved it. Everybody enjoyed it. It was such a great event, and it was free to the public. So it yeah. was kind of one of those things where you know, DC is one of those cities where. Honestly, like you can do a lot of things for free. There's a yeah. lot of free stuff going on, not to mention all the museums and things that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the best city for like a date night or something mm-hmm. like that where you right. can do, you know, all these things. Um, and there's so many different things going on and, and there's a little bit of everybody. So um, for us, I think that's kind of the big highlights in this area. We also did a few things out in like New Orleans. We had a few things out in Miami as far as festivals um, and carnivals that we, uh, that we had clients that, um, that we worked with that went really well. Um, but all in all, yeah, 2017 was, was kind of a big year for us when it came to just like the festivals and events and stuff like that. Good shit. You know, I remember when you guys, when I met you guys, you guys, did you guys like roll up on me in the office or did you call me? I forget how it went down. I think it was a little we, bit we of both. up on you. Yeah. 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 I sent the goons after you. And, uh, no, we came out. So. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we looked at the roster and we were like, who could we relate to the most? <laughs> and, and, and we saw a picture of that guy. Man. Man. <laughs> if Baco was the first guy. name there, we would have just, you know, bypassed the whole corporate yeah. side. Yeah. Right? So we, no, we rolled up, we rolled up on yeah. you. And, uh, it was doing fasting too, right? Because I remember we was Ramadan, which is what we had in common. That's right. And, uh, so, you know, we kind of started talking to you about that and being a DC company. And then you got, you know, you were kind enough to 
welcome us in. And then we talked to you about Travis Scott, and I think that's what happened. Ah. Because, because one of the one of the other shows we did tickets for was Travis Scott didn't perform at the Verizon Center, that's but right. he performed at a venue that we were. I was at that Verizon for. Center yeah. concert. Verizon. I was at the Verizon Center, it. and it so was, yeah, it was yeah. Kendrick Lamar and uh, Travis Scott. Yeah. And Travis didn't perform. I went, yeah, I went there specifically for Travis, Travis. had an equipment malfunction. Yeah, I got the call from these guys. They're like, "Hey, by the way, Travis is not going to be there." Like, fuck. And I was so, like, so "Man." We, well, we were all for, we were still first all like fuck because then we didn't know if he was going <laughs> to do the after party. Right. So if he cancels Verizon Center, you assume he's not going to the club afterwards, right? Something happened. Well, Travis didn't go to the Verizon Center, but he came to the club and did the whole show at the club. Yeah, he killed that show. Yeah, uh, but yeah that's, it was vicious. That's what we talked about, and that's what got us... Uh, I'm glad you reminded me of that, because <laughs> on my side, let me tell you how this shit went down. Because <laughs> these motherfuckers roll up on me in the office all the time. Or like, you know, business owners that are like, yo, um, is there someone I can talk to about, you know, your programs and, you know, marketing and all that kind of stuff? And most times when I get a call, I'll tell you right now, front desk calls me and they're like, yo, I met, we have someone up here, they want to talk about you know, such and such, you know, do you have a moment? And I said, don't, I always say, don't look at them. <laughs> I said, don't look at them. I said, I'm not, I was like, um, <laughs> I'm not here, you're speaking to my assistant. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're speaking to yeah. someone else and like, you know, they're gonna have to shoot me an email um, I'll be around later. I'll follow with right. a call. But, you know, something told me that day, I was like, you know what? Because you might have showed up to me where, you know, I might have needed the check. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I might have needed the need check. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Uh, slow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> let me take this meeting. Yeah. Let me take this meeting. And, and to, to my surprise, I actually met, you know, a group of um, dynamic young right. uh, people of color entrepreneurs that are actually, like, doing something that I think is really important. Um, out here in the community. That. So, yeah, uh, you know, through this process, you know, you guys were raised together, you know, um, you know, things have separated, come back, and things have come essentially full circle for you all. As, as business owners and as entrepreneurs, what has, like, this process kind of taught you um, about business, about um, personally, you know, what are those takeaways? Um, I know that, yeah. you know, you deal in the up till three, four, five in the morning with an idea and working things out, you know, what is what has that taught you? Oh, it's really hard. It's really, <laughs> really, really hard. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's really it. I mean, it's not for everybody, I think. Uh, and that kind of goes back to the conversation with what Asad had said about, you know, kind of working on the corporate side, startup, um, and even doing a little bit of both, you know. Um, it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, it's not for everybody, you know. And it's one of those things where you realize pretty quickly if it's for you or if it's not. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that I learned. And usually once you, you know, jump in head first, you'll see if, like, you're going to, you know, sink or swim, yeah. and, and if you can't float, then you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> I mean, I think we all came from, um, you know, similar backgrounds, like we mentioned before. Um, hard-working parents, um, you know, first-generation uh, type of environment. I'm from Algeria, so is my uh, our CTO Mizi is from Algeria, first generation. Uh, when you when you kind of come from that background, you see your family and, and the people that you surround yourself with, kind of go through the same kind of uh, struggles early on uh, as you grow up. And uh, that work ethic, I think, is built in. I think it's part of your DNA. It's either there or it's not. Um, I, I know that you can cultivate it, um, but I think that's really what our secret sauce here is with, with our team. Because we're all from kind of the same area, and we're all kind of built the same way at the end of the day, really. Um, and I think that's going to go the farthest for anyone that really wants to, you know, tackle something like this. Because, like Sam said, it's extremely hard. <laughs> right. and, um, and I think the Art All Night Project was one of the things that really showcased our ability to work together as a team and, and, and take everyone's, uh, you know, strengths and really just let them run with it. Yeah. Um, it was an entire um, team process from beginning to end for that thing. Um, yeah, so. I, think, I think team in general is, 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 is what I would say to that answer. It's like yeah. you, you, better, you better have a really good team. I think somewhere along the way of, um, of like the Facebook movie and, and, and kind of what people read up on is right. like you know, a lot of people get maybe um, a, a little bit of a different opinion of what it is to like start a business or yeah. to start a tech company or, or hey, I can just create an app. Yeah, <laughs> you know, got an idea. I think somewhere along the way it just kind of got a little um, you know, clouded, right? With you know, It's like now DIY. You, anybody can just kind of do anything, right? I think... I mean, truly build a, a good company. I think no matter what, it still comes down to the people that you work with, right? Yeah. I think a few of the guys have uh, alluded to, like, we're a small team of, we're, we're five partners that have kind of founded, I would say, five founding partners, right, in the, uh, in terms of, 
you know, leadership. And I think each, you know, each person brings something different to the table. But if you, you know, A players surround themselves by A players, right? I think yeah. the second you start kind of surrounding yourself with less of a, a talent pool, right? Or somebody, you know, you settle. I think if you start settling in terms of the people right. you surround yourself with is when you start to get in trouble in any type of business, right? Yeah. So you still, it's still a lot more <clears throat> work, I think, after you have the right people, right? Because it is hard, but uh, if you don't have the right people, then, then you're not gonna even get, you're not gonna even get to the point you have a chance, in, in my opinion. You know, um, all of you have spoken on like everything that like I've felt as well. You know, um, my family, I'm actually the child of two business owners and two business owners that have seen the ups and the downs. Yeah. Right. So I remember growing up, um, you know, the nights where I'd see my dad work all day or my mom would do hair all day long right. and then like still have to cook me a meal or my right. dad having to, you know, work all day, right. sit down for the meal and then go back to doing right. work. Right. You gotta you know? see that, right? You, you see, see that, that, it changes it, you a little bit. I mean, you know? it even came down to like, I mean, be, sitting in the kitchen and like my free time was, you know, help me label this product that right. we were doing in house, yeah. you know, and, and help mm -hmm. me load this yeah. off the trucks yeah. and everything. And, and like, you know, what's crazy is like, I have the ultimate small business perspective because this is happening in my home. It's like, for sure, it's coming right down the line. And, and I've seen the times where it got hard and my parents have to be like, you can't necessarily do this right now. And I look back on pictures when they were rolling hard and yeah. it was like, oh, it was, it was you know, entrepreneurship. It's, it's, it's a cycle. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a cycle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Ups and downs. And, and you see those ups no and downs. Yeah. And you, and you build with that. You know, I think, um, seeing those things is very, very important. And then as you speak to like having a team and that, that speaks to definitely Sammy, what you said about it being essentially hard, because I can only imagine how my parents going through those things and having to balance a family after a certain Yeah, for point. sure. I mean, like, Jeez, I mean, honestly, yeah. so far, yeah, not, yeah we don't, we, it's, but, it's a lot easier when you just take care of yourself too. Like when you're yeah. an entrepreneur, when you don't have a family, kids and, and other mouths to feed, when you're like, all right, man, I can crash on, you know, so-and-so's couch and blah, yeah, blah, blah. I can suck it up. A lot but if you got a kid with you, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's like, hey, can me and my kids sit on the yeah. couch? It's like, it's not going to work. Right. So Absolutely. you just got to be like, you know. It has to be a team mentality yeah. as well. I think we, what, 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 I think that we do really well is that even if we don't have, you know, necessarily kids to feed, our mentality of how we run our business is usually, hey, man, these are our family. The yeah. people in there, we, we got to take care of us. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, our, these are the guys that are in the trenches with us 24 hours yeah. every day. You know what I mean? So if you, if you treat the people you work with, like uh, Asab was saying, is the most important part as your family, then you can see how that can transcend to when you actually do have a couple of little ones running around. It's yeah. very similar to that. Yeah, it's just it's just a true testament to people that do have that that have families that work nine to fives that still are entrepreneurs that still you know have the you know the second job and that still manage to you know, carry that food. What's, like, what's, what's your excuse, that? right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> what is your excuse? So Absolutely. it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, you know, you never know. Dope, dope, dope. Now, um, Moss, you mentioned that you're, you and your family are from Algeria. Mm -hmm. um, aside, you mentioned your family's from Pakistan. Sammy, where's your family from? Uh, my mom is Ethiopian. My dad is uh, half Ethiopian, half Yemeni, so Arab, Middle Eastern. So, so dope, got dope. a little so, mix in there. Leading, leading to my next question, you know, with you guys being, um, you know, families of, or children of families that are not essentially from here, and dealing in a space where, you know, you're working with a lot of people that are from here and have built this and have, uh, their families have built it in there actually had to pass on those things to you know their children um, what do you think that perspective of different cultural background and just being raised in that space of having to make it and having to worry about um, how people are treating you I know your parents might have accents or maybe have right. cultural differences sure. that yeah. maybe they've had yeah. to go through yeah. how has that shaped kind of the business that you build in yeah man looking I think uh, we were in San Francisco uh, for one of our uh, competitions that we were awarded for for event nation and we met a really interesting guy that alluded to an answer to that question and he always calls it uh he always uses the word empathy for it yeah and empathy i think is is a great way to encapsulate that entire um feeling that you get when you know you were raised a certain way and then when you grow into adulthood and, and you're running a business those those characteristic traits have to be you know instilled with you and empathy is one of the biggest things that uh, you should be able to extend to anyone that you're working with, regardless of where they came from. Um, and, and growing up the way we did, I feel like that was something that our parents, you know, drove in with us, from, you know, from the beginning. Yeah, my, um, my my dad has been a taxi cab driver in Washington D.C. for almost 40 years now. Right. Wow. So if you just go through the past four decades and the change that you know we've seen in D.C. or we've heard of, I guess even you know we, uh, you know, I growing up, I was at the the Clinton inauguration. You know what I mean? Seeing that kind of thing and seeing the change. And, and growing up in the area we grew up in, you know, frankly, we were, it was very diverse. So <clears throat> I think I kind of grew up um, 
and, and you know, respect to my parents in a good way, they, they grew me up where I didn't see a lot of that uh, division or change. I was maybe mm. more naive to it, right? So yeah. I grew up with a diverse set of friends. So my friends were always very kind and nice to me. Uh, the schools we grew up in were always like that. So it was almost until I got to college or close to that point where you're in the workforce, yeah. but then I started to see a lot of those uh, those things that my parents sacrificed so that we wouldn't right. have to experience early on. And then, you know, you start to see how the, I don't want to call it like the real world, but then you start to experience people for who they are yourself, right? And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I think my parents did a good job of shaping that for me. But I think growing up, you know, when your when your name's Assad Ali, uh, you know, different things are maybe stereotyped before you even kind of uh, yeah. get into the door, right? Maybe on the name of a resume, kind of a thing, or the submitting of a paper. Hey, I'm with you. I you know, I understand. <laughs> and, and, and so I think I think I learned that later in life, right? And I think as a business owner now, uh, I'm very clear about you know my opinion on it, yeah. right? I'm very clear on on what I have to do. But 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 make no mistake, if anything, I just use that for motivation. Right, I don't let that hinder my ability. Right, yeah. I think, and I think you know my, my colleagues help with that too. Dope. Right, you know, giving that perspective. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think, I think honestly, we're we're pretty lucky the way that we grew up. We grew up in a very diverse, uh, you know, neighborhood, diverse set of culture. Just DC, the melting pot yeah. alone. Um, so we're lucky, but you know, things have changed a little bit. And you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. You know, um, you know, being a, a African American in this country, in this world, you know, it comes with all its trials and tribulations. Being Muslim, being this, whatever the case may be, being you know uh, homosexual, whatever the case may be, um, it comes with its own stigma. And it comes with its own tags. Being a woman, yeah, half of the population. <laughs> even with that, it's just one of those things where you just can't use it as an excuse. And I think that's what Assad was alluding to. Um, for us, especially in the world of business, of course, there's barriers in here, and you know people sometimes might not take you seriously. But at the end of the day, we look at it as our responsibility to make them take us seriously. Yeah. Um, so that's our job. And, you know, business is a little different. You know, usually the color that we see is green. So yeah, results, man, you do deals. Results. So with us, it's more about, you know, we don't really care, you know, who you are, or what you do, as long as you do good business. And, you know, we kind of come on the other side by right. doing the same thing. Absolutely. That's dope. You know, aside, you brought up something um, interesting when you mentioned that um, your parents were, uh, were your father with a taxi driver, you know, um, up until I had over the holidays, I'm chatting with my parents. I've, I've been really big on learning more about um, where I've come from in my family and kind of everything that we've gone through. Um, Cause like, if you were to ask me, you know, there's some people that can say that this is my family crest and we're from right, here right. and everything. I don't necessarily have that privilege. And when I was challenged about it recently, I realized that, yeah, you know, I gotta do a little bit more digging. But um, I asked my father over the holidays, I was like, yo, um, does my, does our grandmother still clean white folk houses? <laughs> and literally, like, I, I just, it just, my, it is 2018. I, the, the white man or the white family that my grandmother was cleaning houses for died, I guess in 20, early 2017, late 2016 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this is the same family house that my grandmother had been cleaning since my father was a child wow. in 1952 through wow. the 60s, through all of yeah, that time. That's, that's insane, life. man. That's yeah. 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 Life. You never hear that story either. Like, yeah, no one ever no no, right? says that, man. And, and you were asking it like that, yeah. though, right? It was yeah. like a perspective type. You knew what you were doing asking that. Yeah, because, exactly. I, I, you know, the world has started to happen around us in the last four years. And I have to question these things because, you know, my dad was like, yeah, you seen the movie The Help? That's mm -hmm. your grandma. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I ain't even really fuck with the help because I don't like seeing black people <laughs> right. looking like the help. Yeah. But now it's like I have to see that and empathize with that. And then I'll give you another perspective and how it, how it helps me empathize. Um, earlier in my career, I used to work for the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. So okay, I, yeah. I actually used to do like uh, front desk stuff. I used to be with the housekeepers and the people that would yeah. clean things. And then the ones that got it work. Work. The, the, the oil of the, the oil of, exactly. of the operation. And when you're in a space where it's a luxury hotel and people are spending top mm -hmm. bucks to be treated a certain way, but then you come and you're supposed to look like the servant. Yeah. Uh, to them, like, I mean, they used to make me put my hands out oh, and then have to, like, no, that, that's tell really me to bow. Because, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. His, his, uh, his father's taxi cab driver, right. my, my mother, um, the way she put me through college and the way that she raised us and got us through was she was a bartender at the Round Robin at the Willard Intercontinental ah, Hotel. Okay. So when you talk about that, absolutely. She can tell you so many stories of the, the highs and the lows mm -hmm. from being called the N-word at one time to being given a $1,000 tip from exactly. one person right here. So it's just, at the end of the day, man, it's people. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, you get shitty people here, you get shitty people there, there's shitty people in all types of races and cultures, exactly. and, you know, 
at the end of the day, like I said, it's just how you react to that situation, right, exactly. how you come at it. Um, but yeah, same, similar. Like my mom was there, you know, from the good days from Clinton early on. Like that's how she, she, you know, got us through college. Um, yeah, right. And she's literally met everybody from every senator to every, you know, politician. Yeah. She told me stories about Kevin Spacey back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> like we got another story about Kevin Spacey. It's got, it's got one about. of those. Like, yeah. so, and then it's just one of those where she's seen the transition from the Bush to the Clinton to the, you know, to other the Obama, Bush to yeah. the Obama. Thank God she got out of there before the whole Trump thing, but you know, there was yeah, yeah. that for another time. I'll, 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 tell you, situation. I'll tell you this too, Bakari. It's, uh, if you haven't seen Dave Chappelle's most recent stand-up, right? When, I, the newer ones? The, the, the one in D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so one of my favorite parts of that, and I, I feel we could relate to that, at least our, th- our team, because we all did grow up in the same middle school, high school, so similar area, right? Yeah. It was like our parents worked hard enough where we were... Uh, the poor kids around the like the white folk, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like we weren't like exactly. So it's a testament to them. It's like they worked hard enough where you know I, I mean, didn't have a bad childhood. Yeah. That that's what it was. I got. I, but in relation to in relation to the other people that were there, you know, you got older. My, my older brother didn't get those Jordans, but I, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's like uh, uh, I think growing up in the area because we were sheltered, because we had good parents. They, they yeah. protected us from that. I was going to say, mind you, we went to Robert E. Lee High School yeah. in it, Springfield, It's still Virginia. named Robert That's E. Lee. Still I was the president right. of Robert E. Lee High School. True story. <laughs> it was. Right? And like, I'm sure Robert E. Lee was <laughs> turning over in his grave. Like, oh, my God. So that's why it's funny, but we didn't think anything of it. Us no, growing up, we love Lee. I'm telling you, our, love, our reach slogan high, "Reach High, Lee High" is a saying that we came up with yeah. when we were there. That's yeah. still the saying of the school. Yeah. But I think it's kind of messed up now. I think it's kind of fucked up. We're trying to change it to Obama High, but, right? but so yeah. far, but that's, yeah. a, that's a real story. I didn't even think of that, right? That's a real story. Yeah. We we were up there, uh, all three of us. Uh, Student activities, you know, this and that and the other, and at Robert, Robert E. Lee High School. <laughs> <laughs> dope, fellas, dope, fellas. So, love the school, by the way. No shot. Yeah, like, no wonderful shame, school. No love Robert E. Lee High School. We appreciate the history. Maybe name change. Yeah. It's crazy, though, yeah. right? It's very relevant in today's discussions. You hear it a lot from, like, when it's national news, right? Yeah. A lot of people feel about it. Well, when we were there, we didn't think twice about it. No. Yeah, it, absolutely. Changing names. And, uh, you know, this guy's a big Redskins fan, too. So we've always talked to big Washington Redskins. Sure, name right. change has always been a, a big issue. So it's all about hot buttons, you know? Yeah. Everybody, everybody has <laughs> a hot button. I feel it. I feel it. All right. So, um, Let's uh let's talk let's talk a little bit more about because I've I've seen in my doing research about you guys that you've you mentioned social entrepreneurship. Um, what what does it mean to be a social entrepreneur and, and kind of how are you implementing that in your right. backyard in Washington DC? So um, we started off here in DC when it really when it really kind of took off with our festivals um, with our ticketing platform uh, with the 17th Street Festival and working with the DC Main Streets departments. Mm-hmm. And what we found working with a lot of these uh, departments was that they were constrained on budgets. Like, Absolutely. Very, very constrained. They didn't have anything to uh, to kind of maneuver to get the output that you know their board or whatever the case may be was asking them to do. Um, and that was very evident for us um, initially. And when we got connected um, in our first office down at DuPont, we started working with that festival, and we extended our services. We extended ticketing, we extended graphic design, web design uh, for that festival because we knew that it was important for the area that we were in, and it was a good way for us to kind of uh, negotiate, um, you know, better relations with everyone there. Um, so, you know, we've taken that model and kind of extrapolated it to a larger scale for the growth of the business, where uh, we want to be able to innovate our core product. Um, and give high tech to um, businesses, clients, uh, event coordinators, festivals that, that would normally not be able to have access to them. Um, if you're not a, um, a venue that can uh, warrant X amount of revenue um, for a ticket master to even bat its eye at you, um, we don't think that's fair. We think that you should be able to, as a business owner, have access to that tech, yep. and that's kind of where we place Event Nation is hey we can do those things for you as well and you have you should have every right to also um, expand your business so that's where we play as a partner for those types of uh, clients yeah I, th- I think it's uh, the way i look at social we're, we're an event-based company right yeah so uh we're, we're not the united way right we're, mm-hmm. we're here to be able to help people and help make money but, but anytime you have events right there's always a community involved right yeah. so so we're, where i would say we play the roles like you know we're, we've been able to work with clients like uh like the DC government with, with Art All Night, for example, where they provided a free event. 
So the end consumer, the people of DC, were able to come and enjoy that event. Now, yeah. it took time, money, and resources, but it's just a matter of who's footing the bill. Mm-hmm. The DC government would love for organizations to throw more events in there, right? And you know that kind of a thing. So, uh, Louisiana Hospitality Foundation in New Orleans, same kind of thing. Mm. They're they're an organization based to throw events for the city of New Orleans, right? So working with them, we helped throw an event where it was a seafood festival, but all of the proceeds are going back to help throw more events for New Orleans. Right. When you're exactly. looking at you know metro you know cities that get a lot of visitors like DC like in New Orleans, I think I think having events where you can have people involved is going to end up being better anyways. So people right. want to see shows and have food and get culture and that and I think that's our part in the event space right and yeah. helping that side, social side of it if you will. Yeah, I mean I think to even go off of what Art All Night I think the biggest thing that we did for them uh, was tangibilize it for them. I mean you had how many people tens to thirty ten to thirty thousand people that would go to this festival mm-hmm. um, and they just had no way to really uh, use those metrics to grow their own individual main make it streets better, make it bigger. for the yeah. DC residents themselves. I mean and that's something that we really, you know, hung our hat on. Right. It was like, hey you guys are throwing this massive festival, granted someone's putting the bill, but there should be a way for you to, you know, make it advantageous for each one of your main streets exactly. and that's a lot of a lot of to do is is with the metrics and the and kind of understanding who's coming to your area and why they're coming uh, and then be able to remarket to to those people you know you said something really dope you know you're you're basically able to offer a platform it, the way you explained it is very creative and it's actually gets down to the real essence of understanding entrepreneurship and being social because you have these events that are going on and they're asking for where do these people stay and where what are your Instagrams and what are your hobbies and right. things like that. And now and you're seeing they're coming out to that. That data becomes so much more advantageous to the businesses that are partnered, but also the community that you live in. What is right. this side of town exactly. really grasping towards and how can we enhance the quality of life in yeah. those areas? And to actually exactly. see DC's kind of office and governments working towards that, that's yeah. actually really dope. We gotta be able to attack these, uh, excuse me, tax is the wrong word, but like reach these attendees and then that's not necessarily to send them a Wawa coupon that's to <laughs> yeah. be like hey you should come to this other event that your main streets is setting up because it, 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 it should benefit you yeah, yeah I think what was really successful this year for that particular project was the fact that um, neighborhoods that usually don't get the uh, spotlight or kind of recognition mm-hmm, right. we tried to kind of show the love uh, to some of those neighborhoods because obviously everybody you know the for art all night you know DuPont is a big neighborhood Shaw that's where a lot yeah, of the art exhibits and, and artists are but there's also fantastic mm-hmm. artists in you know Tenley Town and North Capitol and Congressional Heights and, right. and Ooh, I think right. we, were, we were able Don't to kind of highlight that um, and I think there's definitely so much more we can do honestly on the social entrepreneurship entrepreneurship side um, as a company but it just kind of starts with like they said kind of the community based events um, things like that and, and other ways to kind of just reach the people in the D.C area and you know I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of kudos you know your minds are in the right place that everything that you do is going to have some kind of social background to it just in the way that you guys operate your business right. absolutely that that just goes back into having the right mindset raising the right people having the right people in the community and doing things so kudos to yeah. you man absolutely Thanks. man it's really good work um so lastly lastly this is i, I want to have a little bit of fun with you guys because cool. um as an entrepreneur, you know, there are things that get me going, you know, things that mm-hmm. I, I like to engage in that's like, um, or that's the inspiration. You know, right now I'm actually reading a book, um, Hanif Abdul-Rakib's They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. And it's, it's a really dope book. It's actually a collection of essays where he's um, contemplating like his life uh, experiences through the music that he was listening to at the time and how that music kind of shaped his creative output and things. I That's dope. My first, uh, my favorite um, essay in that is like on future and working through your pain. And he kind of compares like, you know, how he was going through like a tough breakup and it mm-hmm. actually turned into the best work that he created and how future, as you know, broke up with Sierra and created the run of <laughs> yeah, magnificent yeah, mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. Everything you know, started, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. started that run. And so like comparing that time of where pain and strife and where all yeah. those create come together to create like something special so That's how all the good love songs were ever made right? exactly I mean, uh, through, through, some, through some type <laughs> of heartbreak right but yeah, I mean what what content you know inspires you guys you know what have you been reading what have you been yeah. listening to what have you been writing uh, what what gets you up and say yo I need to get moving and make my dream come true absolutely man I, I do a lot of reading at, at night um, I'm, and my wife always makes fun of me because I just read management books <laughs> but I find them extremely interesting I read a lot of Adam Grant I read a lot of um, things of that nature and kind of that realm um, and listen to podcasts like Masters of Scale and things like that on my drive here just because I like to get my, my, my wheels turning in the right direction just early on. 
Um, but yeah, that you know, when it comes to how I get motivated to do anything, it's usually just looking at the team and seeing where, yeah. where we've gone, where we are, where we want to go. Um, and then kind of using, um, you know, some of that knowledge and some of that reading and materials to kind of, you know, uh, pinpoint our way and trying to maneuver our way there. Um, so, you know. Um, yeah, as far as, as far as motivation, the way I look at it is like, look, if you're not motivated at this point, then you shouldn't be here. Like, you know what I mean? That's, I like True. the way that I run, like, like to run things is kind of more of the Kobe Bryant mentality. Like, hey, Bill <laughs> Belichick, man. like, yo, you're here. Like, what? What else motivation do you need? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of the things where the opportunity is here and you can take it from you. Um, and that to me, obviously, there's always ups and downs. You know, there's always intrinsic or extrinsic motivation, things that kind of, you know, uplift you and whatnot. Um, kind of my style has always just been trying to be as even keel as possible um, just because in the startup world, there's always ups and downs. Yeah, like one phone call right? can take you all the way to the highest of highs and then one phone call can, you know, mm -hmm. take you all the way back down. So it's kind of one of those things where you just try to keep your eye on the prize, on your goals and, you know, slowly kind of knock things out like that. Um, but yeah, like little things, I mean, when it comes to like reading and stuff, um, I'm more of like, I like reading articles um, every day. It's uh, The Economist, Washington Post for, for DC, and then of course the Wall Street Journal. Um, try to kind of, you know, always got to keep up with current events and politics and stuff, but that's yeah. kind of gotten ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like Austin, now it's it. more on the business side and kind of seeing what's going on. Um, but it's always good to just kind of be, you know, up to date with all those things. But uh, yeah, I wish I could read a few more books. Um, I think the last, the last book we, we read, we had a, a little book thing going on. We used to read about a book a month. Um, I think that was last, yeah, 2016. And then I think things just got a little crazy and we kind of fell off. off. <laughs> yeah. Moss used to, yeah, Moss used to really spearhead that, uh, that initiative. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, th I think for me uh, as well, I'm into the arts when it comes to movies. I'm a, I'm a really big movie guy as well. So when it comes to kind of getting motivation from that, like, you know, there's, there's so many... Uh, so many different avenues where Dude, you kind of are you, are you from the chin from? that um you know watch Star Scarface and it's like you know I'm ready to oh yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Scarface Power I don't yeah, know if you're a yeah, Power yeah, fan absolutely. so yeah. Power right Godfather. there that's the <laughs> for us right there yeah. literally like so even some of the people that we work with it's like yeah that's Ghost and that's Tommy and that's yeah I've I've always been on um, very big on motivational quotes I think I think motivation is just like showering I think I think mm -hmm. it needs to be done daily. Absolutely. Right, for even the utmost leader, right? I think you know, while while you're a certain level of expectation to be somewhere and to do something because of who you are, I, I do think that the, you know the mental side of having somebody else motivate you or something motivate you. Yeah. Uh, per personally, I um, I love the quote that um, it is your attitude, not your aptitude, that determines your altitude in life. Absolutely. Right. I think Absolutely. I think I think there's so many things in a business or in life that you can't control. The one thing you can always 100% control is your attitude, right? On how you deal yeah, with people, absolutely. how you act with people, right? Because, you know, a business deal went wrong or something else that maybe was not in your control happened. A lot of the times people let that affect them, yeah. you know, throughout the day. I think if you want to be like, you know, kind of how Sammy described and you want to be there uh, to how Moss described for your team, I think having a good attitude more often than not can usually yeah. kind of solve most problems, absolutely. right? And, and so have your mind right. Yeah. I mean, mental, mental health is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And mental health is yourself first, right? Before you can start absolutely. worrying about everybody else, I think, I think looking in the mirror before you look out, out the window is, you know, is where, you know. What you're speaking on is something that I say on my podcast all the time. My audience is probably annoyed by now. But it's change your mind, change your relation to time. If you're able to change your attitude and how you look at a situation, you're able to move past it and find opportunity from everything and every wall that you meet. You know, you absolutely. If you well look said. at if you look at something and you say, you know, this is really fucked up, and you keep saying it's really fucked up, it's going to it's be, gonna be fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna stay absolutely. fucked up. It's gonna stay <laughs> fucked up. Absolutely. But if you say, you know, all right, this is fucked up, but how am I going to move around it, or I can move around right. it, your your perspective changes, and now your opportunity opens up. Yeah. Um, and what you guys have all mentioned, um, which I think is dope, which I say on every podcast, is stay fed. You know, you said that, you know, you're constantly taking in podcasts and listening mm -hmm. and getting your wheels turning. You said that you're watching the movies and, and getting this inspiration and just working with people and, and right. feel like feeding off of your team. Mm -hmm. That's what we speak of on the Swoops by the Door about stay fed. It's the things that you intake 
that you you take in a lot of bullshit. You yeah. gotta take in good shit, but you yeah, get your sure. nutrients yeah. and then you keep it. And then we also say feed another. So everything that you've taken in and you've learned, you now have to feed. To oh, you exactly, to, you bro. It's key. It's even more important. Absolutely. I mean, Sammy's. I, I always look to Sammy because he he is the most even keel keen person I've ever met. Like, and and for me, and I think everybody here knows if if I don't have something to eat early in the morning, my, my, <laughs> my, you know, I'll, I'll run out. So I usually like to go to the gym in the morning and clear my head. But um, yeah, you should look at your you know the people that you're working with and take the best characteristics of, of everyone, um, and then and then try. Try to mimic that. I think it's really important because everyone brings something else to the table. So, right. um, Nick, you're absolutely right, man. Dope, man. Well, fellas, um, my laptop's about to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use nah. that every time. <laughs> that's a good, that's nah. a good ender. <laughs> uh, we enjoy. I enjoy this for sure. Right? Absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yo, before we let you guys go, you know, where can um, people find you? Where can people inquire about business? Where can they learn more about um, Event Nation? Yeah, man. We got to go on our website, myeventnation.com. Um, and there you'll see a bunch of different things that we're offering. Uh, you'll see a bunch of the clients we work with. Just hit uh, request demo. You'll get one of us. You'll get one of our team. Again, we're, we're pretty small right now in, in this area. Um, and then we like to give that one-on-one attention. So you look us up online or go to any one of our events. And we're doing events on a daily basis here and in, in, in other markets yeah, as well. On Instagram, um, at My Event Nation as well, not yeah. the website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just saying, yeah, www.myeventnation.com. Check yeah. us out. Drop us a line. We're in Georgetown. Come visit. Anyone that, yeah, we do a lot of sponsorships, a lot of things like that. If you have anything outside of the realm of, you know, just putting an event up or working on events, we are always open to do that as well. So, Dope, man. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to meet with me. You know, well. Yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Send us some business. Thank you so much. Fun, yeah. Some uh, good content here. Yeah, this so. was really fun, man. This was Baca! Really <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Y'all heard it's hot. You check. Yo, it's Baca. <laughs> this has been the Squeeze Spider Joe Podcast. You know what I mean? Please subscribe, rate, review. Stay fed and most importantly, feed another. If you haven't shared this with your mama, your cousins, your your daddy, your grandmother, you you, you, you come on, you're fucking up, honestly. <laughs> but um, we'll be back real soon, man. This is Spooks Three. The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Spooks by the Door are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the podcast or the project. The Spooks by the Door encourages thoughtful discourse and discussion on perspectivesin.tv. Spooks Pad is recorded in Trinidad, Washington, D.C. and is supported by a team of D.C. creatives and thought leaders. You can follow me, Baca, host and producer on Instagram at OGBaca underscore. Big shout out to my boy Renzo, a.k.a. MP the God, for our theme music. Be sure to follow him on Instagram at MP the God. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Spooks Pad on your favorite podcast platform and feed another by sharing us on your favorite social media platform. You can find us everywhere at Spooks Pad. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out more from the Spooks by the Door.